All right, good afternoon, Warriors and board members. This is from the War Room to the Board Room podcast. In this episode, I'm talking with uh, Juliet Talavera, and we were discussing preparing transition and her transition into nursing school and nursing. I'm your host, Mayshawn Wilson, Strategic Deals Business Operations at Apple, Combat Veteran, Duke MBA, and West Pointer. A little background on our guest, Juliet is a registered nurse in BSN, after time as an Airborne Engineer Officer and EMT. She's a graduate of West Point and the University of North Carolina, Greensboro. And without further ado, let me introduce Juliet. Hey, <laughs> what's up, dude? <laughs> it's been a long time, long time. <laughs> um, and so for those of our listeners who don't know you, you know, who is Juliet Talavera? Who is TV as I know her? Yeah, yeah. So I guess uh, a lot of people know me as TV. Um, well, originally, originally, I'm from upstate New York, born in Binghamton, family moved down to Florida. I spent my formative years in Central Florida, so Kissimmee, Florida. From there, went to St. Cloud High School. I randomly decided to do junior ROTC, and that's when I found out about like the military and how cool it is. And my uh, my senior army instructor told me about this little school up up uh, north in the Hudson called West Point. He was like, "Hey, you're pretty smart and you're athletic. You should go." So I applied. I went. Here I am. I guess I uh, spent five years in the military, active duty, and then decided to get out to be a nurse. Nice. And did you have? So it was just your instructor, no family background, nothing like that that brought you. Yeah. To- no, I mean, I, I guess my my grandfather, so my father's father was a Vietnam vet, but that's that's really it. And then while you're at the academy, you were on the judo team, is that right? Yes, I was. I spent four years on the judo team. My senior first year, I was a I was the women's team captain. And you were an engineer officer, right? Yes, yeah. So engineer officer, I did my. Uh, basic uh, officers, basics, uh, leader course out in Fort Leonard Wood, Fort Lost in the Woods. It was a great time. I'm sure you remember me complaining about it extensively. (laughs) Not a fan of misery. And then I spent the rest of my time at Fort Bragg, center of the universe, or I guess it's Fort Liberty now. I don't know if I'll ever call it that. (laughs) And I was with a second brigade, the 82nd. Center of the universe, home of the airborne. Love it. Love All it. that. So much more. <laughs> you wanted it so badly, though. So I really did. And you were like, no, TV, you really don't want this. You really don't. And I was like, I know what I'm talking about. I know I want this life. But I mean, if I could go back, I wouldn't change anything. You shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, where are you now? So you're obviously a nurse. Um, can you tell us about your hospital system? Kind of what you do? Kind of what does that look like? Yeah, yeah. So uh, currently, I'm a cardiac ICU nurse out at UNC Chapel Hill. So the UNC hospital system, one of the leading hospital systems in the state, in this area, and I would argue in this country, although I'm a little biased, but (laughs) I mean, it's just one of those things. I think even outside of the state of North Carolina, everybody kind of knows like UNC and the the caliber and the weight that comes behind that name. So we know about the school, but aligned with the school is this massive hospital system that, I mean, really there's clinics all over the state. And I'm glad to be a part of the UNC team knowing that they really lead healthcare in this nation. And so can you talk about what, how long you've been doing that? And then kind of what's required coming out of the military, 
using your degree, like what's required for you to become a nurse specifically in that field? Yeah. So man, I guess you really can't like just hop out of the army and become a nurse. So the path that led me here, I got out of the army and I spent two years at nursing school. It was only two years to get my bachelor's or my BSN in nursing because I already had a bachelor's of science from West Point. Typically, you would need a full four-year degree to get your bachelor's in nursing. So from there, I guess I've been a nurse for about a year and a half. So I'm still a baby nurse, like very, very new and, and young in the world of nursing. But yeah, after graduation, I was a, I applied to the cardiac ICU. Reason being, I want to be a flight nurse. So I still haven't quite reached my end goal yet. But being a flight nurse, you have to spend some time in the intensive care unit. That's what the ICU is. I should explain that either in the ICU or in the emergency department. So I chose ICU. That makes sense. And while you're in nursing school, do you do explore the different specialties within nursing? Yes, yes. So you have different um, different classes that will expose you to different clinical settings. So I had a behavioral health um, clinical and class where I would go to behavioral health hospitals and treat patients and see how to be like how to provide nursing care to patients that are suffering from behavioral health issues. I spent some time in the emergency department, didn't like it. Hence why I was like, oh, I want to be in the ICU and I spent some time in the ICU. And I was like, this is pretty great. And so in terms of like how you got there, you mentioned kind of what you do on a day-to-day basis. Kind of how did you get there? Talk about kind of your last job in the military. Because I believe you were leaving from Fort Bragg because I was at Duke at the time. We had a couple of conversations. Yeah. Um, can you talk about your last job in the military? How did you know when it was time for you to leave? Like, what were those kind of factors that weighed into your decision? Man, okay. So it actually, that thought didn't happen. Like, as far as like my decision to get out didn't happen during my last job. It actually happened when I was deployed and I was just, I had the, I don't know, the the blessing, I guess, to be, to have four people's jobs. And I didn't realize that until we were ripping with the relief in place, right? Like ripping with the next unit. And I realized that four people, or sorry, I guess, yeah, it was four people that came to me and were taking my different job roles that just I had had. And that's when I realized like, okay, so hard work gets rewarded, not necessarily with recognition, but with more work. And that's when I was like, you know what, I'm going to go take my talents where Number one, I'm passionate about it. And number two, a place where I'm more appreciated and my efforts are more appreciated. Initially, 18-year-old me did almost didn't go to West Point because I wanted to be an army nurse. <laughs> and I started thinking back to like what 18-year-old me wanted. And fast forward, I guess at this point, it was like almost eight years later. And I was like, wow, I still want to be a nurse. So why not just leap off that cliff and pursue something that I might be passionate about. That was my plan A. Plan B was like, you know what? I'm a West Point grad. I can easily go be some like (laughs) mid-level leader in corporate America and make six figures. And at least I'll be rich, if not necessarily happy. So, (laughs) but I'm glad to say I absolutely love nursing. I'm 100% the right field. Really, I haven't looked back. I have no regrets. It's, it has been so great to have just this work-life balance to be in a field where I'm appreciated and also to be passionate about my work. And so you kind of always knew you wanted to be a nurse, whether it's in the army or in the civilian side. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had that inkling at 18. Like, I was like, I also made, I also uh, got accepted to University of Florida. So it was like West Point, University of Florida, Army nurse, West Point. Uh, and I chose West Point. I'm glad I did, but it was close. <laughs> uh, Gainesville, Greenville's a great time. I, I know. Yeah. I love it. Were there any kind of like mentors or peers that kind of guided you in this process? Um, I would say as far as transitioning, I mean, you and I had plenty of conversations because, you know, unfortunately, I have a friend right there that has already successfully transitioned. So I would definitely look at you as like one of my mentors and, you know, also a friend that helped guide me. There's a few other people I want to say that were older. I think Devin, we know Devin, he was living his best life, but. (laughs) Always Devin. Always. Old Devin T. But yeah, I think, you know, reaching out to him and, and it wasn't so much like guiding me with a process because out of everybody that I know, and I don't know if you know anybody like that has transitioned from being an army officer to being a nurse. I don't know anybody at all. I know a few people that are like in the process or have made it to med school. And I'm like, cool, but I never wanted to be a doctor. And especially now that I am where I am, I'm like, I definitely don't want to be a doctor. It's like being an officer all over again. (laughs) Yeah, no, we don't want that. (laughs) So, so yeah, I didn't really have anybody that helped guide me with the steps. I just had people that I could kind of reach out to and ask them, like, how did you feel about the process? Not so, so I didn't really have anybody to help me practically, but help me with my feelings. That's always nice to have somebody. (laughs) No, that makes sense. And so in terms of like figuring out the nursing path and trajectory, I guess, how did you figure out? Was it, you know, online resources? Was there a program you used? How did you go about figuring out the nursing path and like getting out? Because like that can be, it seems like a lot by itself. Yeah. I mean, I would say like kind of before I landed on nursing, I thought I like might want to try to be a PA. So like I spent like probably about the span of like three months, like, okay, you know what? I'm going to try to be a PA. I'm going to apply to PA school. I need to knock out all these prerequisites, blah, blah, blah. And then when I applied all these PA schools and they all rejected me and I realized getting into PA school is harder to get, it's harder to get into some PA schools than it is to get into some med schools. That's when I was like, okay, hold up. (laughs) pump the brakes. Is this what I really want to do? So at this point, armed with the prerequisite courses that I would need for any kind of like advanced health science degree, I took a step back and I was like, what do I want to do? And then it was really just kind of Googling. I went back to 18 year old me, like, okay, 18 year old me wanted to be a nurse. So I was like, you know what, let's do this with the ultimate goal of being a flight nurse. So I can be my adrenaline junkie self and still get a little bit of a it really is just the adrenaline, the rush. I, I used to jump out of airplanes. Like, <laughs> what's different from jumping out of airplanes to saving people's lives in a helicopter? Um, so settled on that. And really, it was just Google and then applied to a lot of nursing schools. And I eventually got into UNC Greensboro. And did you want to stay in North Carolina or were you looking kind of all over the place in terms of nursing schools? I was really looking at North Carolina because, I mean, for me, it was do I want it was either move back to Florida go or go to New York and both places I really wasn't really feeling like why uproot myself let me stick with something I also would be a North Carolina resident there's a lot of quality schools in North Carolina why move no that makes perfect sense uh you know as a, as a product of North Carolina schools yeah <laughs> I completely <laughs> exactly. understand yeah um so you mentioned you're trying to be a flight nurse and so now kind of as we look at the transition journey 
Can you talk a little about the lessons that you learned for kind of the next generation of veterans that want to be a nurse or want to exit into the medical field? Kind of, if you had to look at your transition journey, one, what would you do the same? And then two, what would you do differently? And so first in terms of like planning, when you planned, like, how did you think about it? When did you start thinking about your transition? Was it like two years out, 18 months? About how far were you thinking about that? I, I would say I was probably about 18 months out when I started thinking about my transition and started uh, really closing in on like what I wanted to do, what direction that I wanted to go. Um, as far as like the things that I would do the same, I, I really got, I was fortunate and very lucky um, as far as my transition went because I knew what I wanted to do. So once I settled on being a nurse, it was like, this is what I want to do. Like <laughs> nobody can deter me. And like the world can't deter me. Like I know what I want to do. So having that security and knowing what I want to do, because I feel like a lot of my friends and my, my peers that are like in the process of getting out or have gotten out kind of struggle with like, I don't know. I don't think I'm in the right field. I'm not doing what I want to do. So it was good for me to like know what I wanted to do. So uh, I would definitely advise that to people that are transitioning, know what you want to do, but also give yourself the space and the time to do that. Now, does the army or the military allow you that space or time? That's where I say I got lucky because as I got out and after getting back from deployment, my brigade commander took care of me. I was in the cushiest job ever. <laughs> and it really did give me the space to, to figure out like with certainty, like this is what I want to do. And it gave me the time and the space, the freedom to make that transition. I was able to go to paramedic school for like for free my last five months in the army. Like nobody could bother me. It was kind of unheard of of an officer being in that program. I believe I was the first one to be in that program, but my chain of command took care of me, you know? So I can't say it was, I did have a, I guess, a bad deployment experience when it came to like my chain of command, like recognizing my accomplishments, taking good care of me. But after getting back, like I, I really think, like I, I'm really grateful and lucky that I did have that space and I did have that time to transition. And this role was like a staff job or like what, what kind of, how would you describe the role? I I was the brigade liaison to division. So really that entailed, like, I mean, I did have to know what was going on within my brigade and I did have to be confident and confident in, in briefing our division commander. I had to be ensure that I was present and knew what was going on because he would look at me, you know, this general, like, hey, Captain Talavera, like, what's up with your brigade? And I'm like, that's what's up with my brigade. Or, sir, I have no idea, but I'll find out as soon as possible. <laughs> That makes sense. So ideally, you want to find that nice kind of staff assignment that gives you the space and time to figure out kind of what you want to do next or how to pursue it, rather than say, you're operating in an operating unit or frontline unit getting No, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah, like, absolutely not. That I mean, because because I mean, you and I both know, like you, like if you're a captain, like S3 planner, S3 anything, S4 anything, like, you're grinding. You are grinding. Especially in an airborne unit. Absolutely. Especially in an airborne unit where they're changing what they want to do every 30 seconds. <laughs> Be flexible, airborne. Let's go. Like <laughs> Another great airborne day. Every day. Every day. <laughs> oh. And so going from there, as you thought about your army exit, can you tell us about like how you thought about your benefits, whether that was getting your VA together or aligning your educational benefits to pay for school? How did you kind of approach that space? 
So I talked to my friend here, uh, you, so <laughs> because I mean, you know, getting out of five years, like, how am I going to pay for this crap? Like, I don't have the GI Bill. Um, so what, how am I going to go about this? And you're the one who introduced me to vocational rehab. You're, you are the one. So really once you, I believe you sent me the link and I was like, okay, cool. I'm pretty smart. Former West Point cadet, <laughs> like army officer. I got this. So I did my own research after you sent me the link, submitted my application. And after a little bit of back and forth, I got approved and vocational rehab is what paid for my uh, nursing degree. So zero debt. We love to hear it. Every time. Every time. Love to hear Great results. And then kind of the last piece. So you mentioned a little bit about location, kind of being in North Carolina. Can you talk about one in terms of your location going from Greensboro to Fayetteville? Pretty easy move, I would assume. Yeah. Uh, And then in terms of your career field. So if you kind of knew nursing is what you wanted to do, why not like med service or some other, I guess, medical adjacent field, I guess, why engineers as opposed to something more nursing medical related, if that makes sense. Well, I figured if I couldn't be an army nurse, like I, I actually, I did toy around with like being a med, uh, med service officer, but after talking to a few of them, I realized that they're still like just glorified, like paper pushers or like that, like deal with medical stuff. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm brutal. Like that's not cool enough for me. So if I can't get what I want, which is like being a nurse, like covered in blood and guts, like then let me just blow, sh- uh, blow stuff up. <laughs> Makes sense. So. It's saying, yes, yeah. uh, for, for a person in a small package, you're probably one of the most brutal people I know. It's hilarious sometimes. Hilarious. Overcompensating, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's that's great stuff. No, I think those are like really grateful points. So I think kind of breaking down kind of what you thought about, you kind of mentioned one, considering kind of what you're passionate about and kind of sticking to that. To kind of finding that role in that space to have the time to think about your transition and like what you really want to do. Three, kind of reaching out to your network and mentors, friends to figure out what is the best way to get after it. Any other advice for like the future TVs, future cadets that are just like, or she's like future officers trying to figure out what the next path looks like if they decide that the army is not it or they want to be a nurse? You know, what would you tell them? You know, what are the top three things that you'd be like, hey, if I could do it all over again, I would do these three things or keep these in mind. Man. Okay. So I guess without reiterating what you've already said, but I will kind of have to, but I think the most important thing is it's like, if you can't find the space to, to even like sit back and meditate on like what you want to do, what your life looks like outside of the army, you need to remember the army's going to keep rolling along. It is, it is. For once in your life, be selfish. Like if if that space is not created for you, like for me, dumb luck. Very grateful for it. That space was created. Like all right, bet. But if you don't have that, if you don't have a unit that's supporting you, the army will keep rolling along. Be selfish. Create your space. They can call you whatever they want to call you. They can think of you whatever they want to think of you. Maybe you burn a bridge with somebody that you will never see ever again. <laughs> the army will keep rolling along. You have to take care of yourself. You have to prioritize yourself. And I think it's very hard for us to do. Is it, It's something that is 
I feel like it's drilled into us to put your people first, put the mission first. But as you're transitioning, your mission is you. The army is not going to take care of you better than you will when it comes to your transition. So not quite three points, but there's one big point. <laughs> I think that's that's a great point. Uh, <laughs> I could not have said it better myself. I think the last point that I want to touch on as well. So, you know, given that you are a woman veteran, can you talk about kind of that, how that kind of influenced one your army career and then also kind of your transition into nursing, if that makes sense? So just providing a little different perspective because, you know, myself as, you know, a male veteran, even though I'm a black veteran, you know, I know there's a different experience that come along with different intersectionalities and different kind of identities. So can you talk about that for some of our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. It actually, I, I mean, so woman, right, black, Hispanic, short, like all of these things are going against me, especially being in a combat engineer unit. So how did I compensate by being fit? Right. So I had that going for me. <laughs> um, but I still still definitely got some pushback. It actually happened when I was deployed, how there was a one of my I guess he wasn't a colleague. He was a he he was a company commander within my battalion that was like literally just going out of his way to give me a hard time. My off sergeant major was like, yo, why are you giving her a hard time? He specifically said, because she doesn't look like an officer. And I mean, I think that's just like a tiny example. Exactly. Right. It's just a tiny example of the daily struggle that I had going against me. And it really helped me. Like I didn't necessarily have a space when I was deployed to like think about my transition. But afterwards I was like, you know what, do I want to be in this organization where it's going to be an uphill battle constantly? No, you know, uh, more power to the women that are about it. Like, I don't condemn them. Like, and I think that it's awesome. Like I support my sisters in doing that, but for my mental health and for my family's mental health, you know, I decided to take, put myself in a field where I would be valued and I wouldn't be working uphill. Now being, being in the nursing field though is very different. It is very, the feminine energy is just, it's, it's very different than any environment that I've ever been in, but it is nice to be in a field where it is, I look like a nurse. One expects me to be a nurse. I act like a nurse. I, I don't have to sit there and prove myself as competent. I don't have to to do to work 10 times harder to be viewed the same as my peer over there or work 10 times harder to know that I've done better than somebody else, but they are viewed better because they have a tab like, or, or things of that nature. So it's it. I, I really I'm, I'm in the right place. I just want to reiterate that. Like, I love where I'm at. No, that's, that's awesome. So you also talked about kind of looking the role and kind of proving that competency. Can you talk a little bit about how the competency changes and what people expect in the civilian world versus in the military? So prime example, if your uniform looks terrible in the military, if you're not fit, uh, if you are trash at your job, how does that change when you go in the civilian sector? Like, what are they looking for? What are the disqualifiers automatically where it's like, oh, this person's terrible? What does that look like? Can you talk about that? So being in the field of nursing, and again, I'm still a pretty baby nurse. Like I'm working with nurses. There's there's a few on my unit that have literally been nurses longer than you and I have been alive. We're talking like 35 years. Yeah. Whoa. Right. <laughs> it's It's, I mean, of course, show up with your uniform, like clean, right? Don't smell bad. But 
as far as like your appearance, it, it doesn't matter that much. What matters more is like the care that you provide to your patients. And I'm also in a great unit. I guess think of a unit. I'm on the cardiac ICU. There's a surgical ICU. There's a neonatal intensive care unit. Like there's all these different units within the hospital. There's the emergency department and a unit has its culture. So a unit's kind of like a company. I, I would say that probably would be the most, the, the closest army equivalent to it. And my unit's culture, it's not so much how you look like, it is the care that you provide to the patient. So what automatically disqualifies you or gets viewed you as like, oh, you're a crappy nurse is if you're providing crappy care to your patients. And we do a great job of kind of correcting that behavior. Awesome. And then kind of the last point that I had in terms of shifting cultures so going from a military airborne unit, army airborne unit as an engineer into a nursing unit, kind of what's that biggest culture shock? And what would you tell future veterans that are trying to figure out how to make that jump, whether it's in terms of how they speak or what they expect of their coworkers and colleagues? So, and again, I can only speak to my unit because the Absolutely. culture is so different. Um, and I would say within my unit, like I said, big feminine energy. Um, biggest thing, it's okay to be vulnerable. I mean, I've walked into the break room and I mean, we're talking about it's the cardiac ICU. You can't lie your way to the ICU. These are the sickest of sick people. So maybe someone just died. Maybe someone's patient just died. And we all sat there for like two hours trying to keep them from dying. And they still died. You walk in the break room, the nurse is crying. In the military, that's like, oh, someone's crying. Weak especially a woman. Oh, you're super weak now. Like nobody cries. We're now my unit. I mean, it's nice to be human. You know, I, I have done that before. I've walked in the break room, someone was crying and I'm like, let me hug you. Like, and I, and I would say like, as far as anybody like following in my path or anybody like transitioning into the field of nursing, just know that it's okay to be vulnerable. And it's gonna, it is going to be a culture shock though. Cause it was weird to me, <laughs> but it's okay to be vulnerable. You're not viewed as less or weak because of your vulnerability. And shout out to Brene Brown. I mean, vulnerability is strength. <laughs> nice. No, that's a, that's a great point. Are there any other, I guess, books, podcasts you recommend for someone that's thinking about transitioning? You mentioned Brene Brown. Is there anything else that you read to kind of try and figure out civilian life for that transition for yourself? I would say I'm a big fan of On Purpose by Jay Shetty. I mean, he talks about a variety of topics, but I really think uh, I was I listened to him a lot in the middle of COVID. So I had already transitioned at that point. But as far as like just thinking about thinking about that transition, thinking about like like it, it helped me reflect on how far I'd come and the moves that I'd made that led up to, because I guess in the middle of COVID, I was in the midst of nursing school. I had one real semester of nursing school that it's like, ooh, global pandemic plague. Like, let's do this. And I'm like, do I really want to be in the healthcare field right now? Like, oh man. <laughs> but yeah, I really, I really liked Jay Shetty just for, and on purpose, just for the perspective that it helped me, it, it gave me and I really feel like his podcast fostered reflection. No, amazing points. You know, we think we, you'll, you'll continue to do amazing things as always. We expect nothing less from you. Um, if people want to like stay in touch or follow what you're working on, you know, where can they do that? What's the best way to connect with you kind of after the podcast? 
Um, I would say really probably email would be the best. I have a LinkedIn, but I'll be honest with you. I'm not in corporate America. I'm in the trenches, wiping butts and saving lives. So <laughs> um, email would probably be best. I'll update my LinkedIn when I apply to be a flight nurse. <laughs> I'm a mess. Yes. No, um, no. But yeah, email juliet.talavera at gmail.com. Awesome. Awesome. And then are there any initiatives or other things that you're working on we know that you're a busy mother at the moment um but yeah to share with my listeners that's either side project or a passion project uh i mean i would say my beautiful 10-month daughter is my passion project and i guess keeping her alive and well <laughs> so, yeah we know that's yeah. a job well we want to thank you so much for being on the podcast juliet tv always a pleasure some great nuggets of wisdom we we can't wait to see what you do next Thanks, dude. <laughs> Thanks.